Here at Eau Claire Hometown Media, we're proud to have as one of our longest-serving partners the fine folks with Stokes, Proc, and Munt Funeral Chapel and the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Randy tells me the goal he has for the Cremation Society of Wisconsin. Well, we want to keep growing, uh, and we are. It's uh, our our model is quite progressive compared to a lot of the others, uh, mainly because our cremation society is statewide and not just a local thing. You know, we go all over the state, all 72 counties. Talk of the town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and iHeart and have these locally made podcasts come right to you. Of course, taking center stage for the last couple of weeks, the controversy, the drama, the witch hunt in some people's eyes, Travis Hakes, the Chippewa County Sheriff, and the story will be progressed further ahead on Tuesday night, this is the night of the Chippewa County Board of Supervisors meeting, the Travis Hakes investigation, the Travis Hakes report. That will be what will be discussed on Tuesday night. And the assumption is the feeling you get is that they are going to begin the process of trying to remove Travis Hakes from his position we will have to wait though until tuesday night and when we come back to you on thursday we'll end up having time for thoughts and commentary on that i do recommend if you have time you've heard our thoughts last week go back listen to the podcasts last week in particular thursday's episode from last week remember how we got here folks Starting about two, three weeks ago, I told you to be patient, wait for the report to come out. Even as late as last Tuesday, I said, it didn't look good, but let's get everything. And then by Thursday, you know I went up and in with a fastball on Travis Hakes. And in the days since then, I know a lot was made over Dan Marcon's podcast that we dropped on our site. By the way, thank you very much, WQOW. You talk about the podcast, but you don't talk about where it is. Cite your your sources, you young reporters. What are they they teaching in these journalism classes? Uh, 20 years has gone by and the quality is is going downhill. Cite your sources. Uh, But Dan Marcon's podcast on Monday, we dropped it uh, on Monday, it talks about Travis Hakes, and of course, Dan Marcon's got his own history with Travis Hakes, and that they ran against each other in the Republican primary for that Chippewa County seat, and Travis Hakes won by a whisker in that primary, but Dan Marcon had met with Travis Hakes, they had met before the the uh, election, uh, before the primary and all of that. And, and, and Dan Marcon is as staunch a Republican as you are going to have in this area. And he is obviously for the removal of Travis Hakes. And that is a common theme I've heard around the area over the last several days 
this is not a political thing, folks. Republicans, very staunch Republicans I know in this area, business people that are very strongly conservative, they're all against having Travis Hakes continue in that position. And it's not really personal. It's not political, and it's not personal. It has more to do with the fact that this whole thing's become a mess. He clearly was in over his skis, and not only was he in over his skis, but he has not shown in the last two weeks the type of decorum you would want from somebody in order to get better. Individually, all of those accusations on Travis Hicks can kind of be explained away. I know the one with the, the, the young dispatcher. That one is messy and all of that. But none of the things he did individually, you can't come back from. You can't improve on all of those, especially for somebody that can grow into the position. The issue that you have here is that it's one on top of another on top of another, and clearly people within the department don't don't see him as somebody that wants to get better, that sees there being anything wrong with this. And the way that Travis Hakes has tried to go on the counteroffensive in the last two weeks, this is no different than in any line of work, everybody. If you have an employee, you have a manager, you're running a restaurant, and you hire a general manager. And that's the way you have to look at this. Travis Hakes is the general manager of your restaurant. And you've brought him in and he's seen, you know, he's, you're like, this, this guy's going to be great for my place. But in the course of the several months, there's one accusation after another, after another, after another. And you bring Travis Hakes to meet with you and you go, Travis, we're getting all these complaints. And Travis Hakes' response is, everyone's full of BS and, and you're trying to run me out too. You'd sit there and go, well, Travis, we're going to let you go. You're going to let that general manager go. If the person comes in is a little reconciliatorial, they're going, hey, I, I, I think I'm doing a good job, but clearly there's been miscommunication. I think some things have been blown out of proportion. How can we go about making this better? Then you're more open to seeing how you can develop that path going forward. Travis Hakes, in the way he's responded in the last two to three weeks, has made it an all-or-nothing scenario, and it's clearly not a political thing. Republicans are against him. People that have read the report are against him. This is not a political thing for Travis Hicks. Now, there is a pathway where this could become political, and that's a stone that we would have to overturn when we got there if it gets to the point where the governor's office does remove Travis Hicks, does Governor Evers promote from within, something you're hearing people try to already get ahead of and promote that he does that, or does he go and bring somebody else from the outside, and if he goes and brings somebody in from the outside, is it a Democrat? Now, that's where we'd get a little messy, but that, that right there is thinking about second base when we have not gone into first base yet. But being around town, anyone who's seen the report or run something in their business you universally think he's he's got to go. Universally think he's got to go, and I don't think Travis has helped his own case. And I'm sure on Tuesday night, you can play this back to me if I'm wrong, he's going to speak, he's got 10 minutes to speak, and I don't think he'll show any type of, hey, I've got to be better. 
Now, if he comes back out on Tuesday night and says, in that 10 minutes, and surprises everybody and says, hey, clearly I have to do some things better here. I want to work for this county and all that. But instead, he's the last two weeks, he's kind of had this feeling of, I'm above the rest of you. Yeah, Travis, you were voted in. But those board of supervisors were voted in too, many of them by the same people. Moving on, pretty much the whole show on Thursday will be on Travis Hakes. Those who've been following the program know at this time of the year, and this is what, the fourth year of Talk of the Town, I always bring up my annoyance with Christopher Columbus Day versus Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, Monday was a holiday in this country. Monday was a holiday. But unless you tried to go to the bank, you probably didn't know. Schools were in session. Most things were open. But Monday was, in small park pockets of the country still, Christopher Columbus Day, for most of the country, including in this area, officially Indigenous Peoples Day. And my fear really has coalesced. Something that you started to see happen about 10 years ago when this movement really gained steam to erase Christopher Columbus Day and replace it with Indigenous Peoples Day. And now what we have is a day on the calendar that is no more observed than National Chocolate-Covered Peanuts Day. National Bring a Car to Your Mechanic Day. National Honor Silent Movie Stars Day. Or whatever national day it is that you see on social media or Facebook that is kind of fun and you look at it in the morning and then you just go on with the rest of your day. Let me stress, I know history. I know Christopher Columbus, the man, as a man, should not be honored. It's hard to deify one individual anyway. I understand that. I understand the foibles. I understand the messiness of the Columbus story. I know it's not the, 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 the happy cartoony story many of us were taught when we were coming up through grade school. I understand that. But the concept and why the day was begun should very much have continued to be honored and celebrated. I've said this story before many, many times. The Christopher, Colum Christopher Columbus Day started as a way to help integrate Italian Americans into Amer Italian immigrants into American society. There was a time where Italians, much like many new immigrants into this country, and the same story applies to many, many nationalities and continues to this day, that people were slow to recognize having Italians be their neighbors, right down to Italian cuisine was very foreign, was very ethnic. 
was weird. The spices, the smells, very weird. Now think of it. How many of you go out for a nice bowl of pasta or order a pizza or, or have any, you know, Italians are, 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 are very much welcomed in this country, much like the Irish are now, Germans are. And you've got this, hopefully the story will continue on as we bring in more and more immigrant populations into this country, into this area, and more and more people. It becomes the true melting pot that it is and could always be improved upon. Columbus Day was started as a way to say, hey, the Italians are cool. It was an Italian who helped to find America the story stretched considerably. But that is why Christopher Columbus Day began. And you can go do your own research on that. That's why the day began. It was as a way to say, hey, the Italians are cool. Bring them in. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for an Italian in Christopher Columbus. The concept should very much have continued to be told in this country. What has happened in the last number of years is we've lost an annual history lesson. And instead of discussing Columbus, Christopher Columbus Day, and switching the lessons from the the cartoony fable we've been told to the true history of it maybe to hey this guy with all his fables all of his foibles all of his mistakes all of his misdeeds here's what he did here's the role he played in history here's also all the naughty things that he did here's why we honored him though as Columbus Day and it's not just all Christopher Columbus some man here's why here's the story behind and then how do we project that to the to to, to the current days of how are some other ways in which we can find that common ground with other nationalities, with immigrant groups that are coming and finding that common ground that exists. But instead of us doing that, people decide to take the easy, lazy route, which is what it is. Let's erase Columbus Day And then let's replace it with Indigenous Peoples Day, which I will get to in a moment. But this is like someone demanding that the tailgate party have vegan options and no beer. Well, it's going to be healthier if we're vegans and we no beer. Vegan options and no beer. That's what I demand for the tailgate. Well, uh, all right. And then no one actually eats the oat milk infused hummus with organic peppers. So you acquiesce, you say, all right, let's have the vegan option, and then nobody eats it. So we've gotten rid of Christopher Columbus Day, and the opportunity to have a very mature discussion on what the day was meant to be, uh, on what the day was, why the day began, we've replaced it with Indigenous Peoples Day, which should there be a day to honor the Native American past of our country? Absolutely, there should be. But that doesn't happen either. 
You erased Christopher Columbus Day. That's all people wanted. They wanted that erased, and then they threw in Indigenous Peoples Day, and it's not celebrated either. It's not. And by the way, it's not an easy, clean thing to do either. You should listen to our history podcast, great podcast with the Chippewa Valley Museum. Great last episode, too. But remember, history is not clean. The Ojibwa, the Ojibwa, could be considered invading settlers in this area. They pushed the Lakota out because the Ojibwa made friends with the white man. They got access to guns first. They came in here relatively late. And it's a messy thing, and I, we're not going to break the whole thing down, and I'm not here to talk, start talking about how the Ojibwa are evil. That's not the, the point of this. But history is messy. History is confusing. And history is awesome. Because you know what else is messy, confusing, and awesome? Life. So in this day yesterday, around the area, it was the occasional little Indigenous Peoples Day lesson that just kind of skirts by. It's just a day. Instead, we don't learn the whole history of what the day could be. I'm not saying kids in music class should be singing the old Christopher Columbus songs we were singing back 40 years ago, you know, the, 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 the Santa Maria, the Pinta, and the Santa... We're not, singing, we're not singing about the three boats and all that. You don't deify Christopher Columbus. You can make the argument that those statues should come down in various areas. I'm fine with that if you want to replace it with something else. Though, it's maybe we shouldn't be putting up statues of individual people in city squares. There's a whole other argument for that. Because as I said, it's hard to deify anyone. But darn it, have we now truly, as I knew it was going to happen, everybody raced to get rid of Christopher Columbus Day, slap on Indigenous Peoples Day to feel good about themselves, and the day now has just become something that pops up on your Facebook feed that goes, hey, you know, when you go a Google search, there might be a little thing underneath that goes, hey, today's Indigenous Peoples Day. Hey, cool, what's tomorrow? Ooh, mix M&M's and popcorn day. So yeah, that is my, this is my yearly rant on this. What would I have rather seen? I would rather have seen, perhaps even would have continued to call it Columbus Day, but you really would dive into why the day began and how does it apply to today with with the continuing influx of immigrants into our country? And the discussion of immigrants into the country shouldn't always just be who's allowed in and who's not allowed in, but how do we assimilate once people are here? How do we assimilate? And learning the true history of that assimilation. And now, folks, we are multi-generation separated from even that new wave of immigrant that came in in the late 1800s. 
would have been a great would have been a great opportunity for lessons. Instead, people slapped on Indigenous Peoples Day, so now you're 0 for two. You lose an opportunity to discuss the true history of Columbus Day, and the Indigenous people really don't get their own day. Just slapped on there is what it is. Just slapped on there. The day has lost its 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 meaning. It's not a day people take off anymore. It's it it it. it it's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Exactly what I thought was going to happen. We could have started a whole other day, separate Indigenous Peoples Day, Native American culture, bring that, you know, really highlight that, and the tr- and really learning the, the, the history of that. As I said, even going to the Chippewa Valley Museum for this podcast and learning even more about what's gone on in this area is fascinating. It's not simple, clean, one-paragraph thing. No, it's messy, confusing, with twists and turns. It's also why people, I think, as we started to have these discussions a few years ago, why some people really don't like history. Because many people like to be very simple. It's why people are now gravitating towards extreme areas of politics, because it's easier, it's lazier just to latch onto something and stay that way. That's why people, I don't think, like to do a lot of historical research because you start realizing what you what you thought last week might not be the same way you think a week later. Uh, a couple quick things here. The, the Shane Hallbrick mess continues on. Uh, they can't find him in New Mexico now. Uh, it's okay. He's due his rights and in all that whole thing where you know he's not guilty. Well didn't murder the woman but to what extent and all that he, he's owed his rights he's due his rights he, well, he was found he couldn't stand trial at the time seven years ago but once he could have his freedom and he truly had just freedom was let free his next step should have been to court not falling through the cracks like this and this spotlights a loophole in the system and hopefully this is something that is closed now, a defendant is owed their rights. Absolutely, Shane is owed rights. But that shouldn't be exploited to the point it devalues the life that was taken. Yes, you can feel empathy for somebody like Shane, especially if there is something whacked up in that head of his. But don't forget, he is not the victim. At best, he is a victim. At best, he is a victim. There's a woman who lost her life. There's a family that is forever altered over this and destroyed over this. We should never forget that in these cases. Shane Holbrecht is not the victim. He could be a victim, but he's not the victim. And there are people out there That will, that will fight to the death for, for Shane to just be allowed to do whatever the heck he wants right now. It you know, Well, no, that's, that's not how this operates. That, that's not how this operates. Don't, 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 operate, don't act like he's the victim. And that's where I get kind of worked up. I think there's, there's a pocket of our society that looks at him as the victim. No, he is at best a victim. At best, a victim, and perhaps 
once he does stand trial, if they can find him again, once he does stand trial, maybe we'll find out he really wasn't a victim at all. Uh, and then they, uh, the city of Eau Claire looks like they're about to extend those utility lines, sewer, water, and whatnot, to that town of Washington development, the proposed development. That was discussed on Monday at a public hearing. Two miles will cost $4 million. I don't know if that's a good deal or not. If you, if you, like, this, if you like this proposal, you're going, okay. If you don't like the proposal, you're saying, why are we spending $4 million? Is what it is. This does take care of the urbanization concern if this goes through because you start to hear more and more people in their argument against this proposed development. Well, how are you going to even get sewer and water out there? It's not even truly a part of the city. Well, this is, this is working towards rectifying that. This would be part of expanding the urban area of the city of Eau Claire. Uh, once we get past the Travis Hake situation, remember in Next several weeks and months, uh, there will be the lawsuits that the town of Washington has put forth, and th th there's more twists and turns with this development to come. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, we'll see where that uh, where that goes, uh, and we'll talk about that when it comes up. But until then, we're back with you on Thursday. We will discuss in depth the uh, Travis Hakes decision from Tuesday night. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long everybody.